Hi, and welcome back to the Voice First Roundtable, our one-on-one half-hour interview show, part of Voice First FM. My name is Bradley Metrock. I'm CEO of a company called Score Publishing based in Nashville, Tennessee. We are on episode three of our 10-episode season two of the Voice First Roundtable, and really pleased to have join us today, Suhas Uliar. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Suhas, say hello. Thank you for joining us. Um, tell us, uh, tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. Tell us, uh, uh, tell us about Oracle. Tell us all of it. Thank you, Bradley, for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show. You pronounce my name perfectly, Subhas Oliar. I'm the uh, vice president for the digital assistant, artificial intelligence, and integration services at Oracle. And so I'm responsible for this for the strategy and for the product. Uh, related to our conversational AI that includes uh, voice interactions. Cool. So um, I guess where we'll start is, you know, people hear the name Oracle and they feel like, yeah, they understand some of what you do. Um, I, you know, I'm sure there's people, a lot of people at Oracle who don't understand everything of what Oracle does. Share, share with us, maybe just to start off, what, does or, what is Oracle's core business and how does Oracle view voice and conversational AI being able to augment that? Sure, yeah, everyone knows Oracle as the big database company and that certainly was a core of what we started with. Uh, Oracle's focus is about providing business solutions, right? Uh, adding value to enterprises from their complete end-to-end business automation software process. Um, so when we look at sort of Oracle's stack, you know, Oracle sort of certainly started with a database, but we now with on-premise customers, our customers who are, who are deploying applications on-premise plus deploying applications on cloud, we provide the entire stack from, you know, the infrastructure or what we call the platform in, uh, to uh, applications. And on top of that, sort of these new age innovations that we're adding on top of that. So, so let me describe sort of from an application perspective what Oracle does, right? So Oracle is a very unique company that for the last, I would say, 30, 40 years, we've been doing uh, providing application solutions for customers uh, across the range from, you know, customer experience or CRM to marketing solutions to uh, customer uh, service to, you know, human resource or human capital management to ERP. And we are uh, the only company that has the depth and breadth of every single, you know, automated uh, application or automation uh, in the enterprise, right? So you think about going to a customer who wants to do customer experience, whether that's sales service marketing or employee onboarding to employee recruitment or your supply chain or ERP, we have a lot of solutions. And so we're conversational, yeah, and this is sort of really ex- what excites me about being at Oracle, right? So my quick background is that I'm a startup kind of a guy. I've done, it been part of innovations from the day we started mobile to now chatbots or conversational AI and augmented and virtual reality, et cetera. So I've always been sort of interested in new experiences, new technology. And when we start getting into artificial intelligence, you know, there are two things that you really need, Bradley, right? What you need is you need a lot of data right? And you need a lot of compute power. Now, compute power with GPUs and Oracle has that. But the thing that really excites me about being at Oracle is that we've had over 40 years of enterprise data that we can use to train our models. 
And this is sort of where we started our uh, AI journey by adding conversational AI, enabling sort of our customers to be able to interact with enterprise data in new, very innovative ways of use by using natural language processing. You know, uh, you know, the days sort of, you know, we've, we've sort of seen that evolution from, you know, web-based interfaces to mobile interfaces. And, and even there, you know, you're, you're never going to find that one person who is really happy about using your interfaces. They're always going to say, but that interface sucks. So how do you sort of get to the best interface, right? So we believe the best interface is having no interface at all. And the no interface is about using voice and using natural conversations to be able to interact with voice. So a lot of love there, but this is sort of what makes conversational AI really exciting at Oracle. Very, yeah, very great description. Thank you for that. How would you characterize Oracle's um, current level of progress? Um, how would you characterize where Oracle is relative to not only where Oracle wants to be, but also relative to maybe some of the things that you're seeing out of the more mainstream voice assistants? Uh, share with mm -hmm. us uh, your thoughts on that. Absolutely. So, you know, our customer base is very enterprise focused, right? So these are large enterprises who are providing solutions or providing automation or software for either their employee base or for their customers, right? So I'll give you an example. We have a very large customer called Hermes ParcelNet based out of uh, Europe, and uh, they provide, you know, parcel delivery services in Europe. And... Um, so there are large Oracle customers using what we call the Oracle Service Cloud for customer service. Um, and they use conversational AI to be, uh, for their con consumers to be able to ask questions like, hey, where's my package? Or, hey, you know, um, uh, when is it going to be delivered? Or what is the status of uh, the, the delivery guy? Uh, you know, hey, I'm going to be out of, the, uh, out of home, so can you leave it to that neighbor? What's my proof of delivery? So those kind of uh, sort of conversational uh, interactions with, sort of what I would refer to as B2C type consumer applications. Um, and they're seeing something like a 60% deflection, right? So 60% of the conversations don't even hit a human agent in the back end with the ability to escalate when, if, if customers have any need to talk to a human agent or asking questions that the uh, conversational AI or the digital assistant is not trained to do, right? So that's one example. But, but when you look at sort of uh, the core of our business, it's about sort of enabling employees of an organization to really interact with data, right? And so what has happened is that, you know, with, with Larry's guidance and, you know, if you get a chance, you should look at Larry's uh, keynotes for the open world last year and the year before where he's talked about how conversational AI is truly the new UI, if you like, for interact with applications. And so the, the big shift that has happened at, at Oracle is just the whole rebranding of Oracle and the way sort of uh, the conversational AI pieces are built right into the application itself. Now, why is that important, Bradley, right? If you look at sort of in general, um, uh, you know, when, what does it take to build a conversational AI interaction, right? So you need to be able to get all your data, be able to train and define the dialogue, you know, have a, a very sort of meaningful dialogue with the user, and then be able to figure out all the use cases where perhaps if the uh, you know, you don't want, I don't understand what you're saying kind of message coming from any of your VPAs, right? So being able to really sort of understand, well, how do I deal with all the exceptions, right? And, and how do I provide a seamless user experience? So what Oracle has done is because we have the subject matter expertise, we've sort of taken the platform that my team builds 
and have incorporated that into the application itself. So all the utterances, the intents, and all the, the pieces, the artifacts required for you to build your uh, chatbots, your digital assistant uh, artifacts are built out of the box, right? So now when you turn it on, you literally are able to sort of ask a question and be able to get an answer. And if you don't, we have a very seamless way of passing that to a human agent or an expert who can handle it. Now, where we really tend to differentiate Bradley compared to sort of the general sort of consumer market, right? So, so, I mean, if you take a step back, we've had Siri since 2011, and you've seen this explosion with Alexa and Google Home and Google Voice, et cetera, et cetera. And they're all awesome products, right? And really designed for the consumer market. Um, where, where we are focused on is really sort of providing this voice-enabled solutions to the enterprise market. And so why is that important, right? So number one, when we talk about uh, enterprise market, a lot of our customers have the first question, where is your data? Where is it going? Who's listening to it? So GDPR, privacy, PII information becomes extremely critical. And, and we understand how enterprises think and work. So we are able to provide them their data. We don't do anything with their data. We give them their data and they're able to sort of define how to either remove from, from a GDPR compliance perspective or at least have access to their information. That's number one. But the bigger issue we see or the challenge is being able to understand enterprise vocabulary. So let me give you a couple of examples, right? So if you ask for a, 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 a question like, what's the EBITDA for Apple? Or what's the EBITDA for Nordstrom? And I would ask you, Bradley, to try that with Siri or Google or Alexa, and it'll be hilarious to see what they come back with, right? And, and so and these are standard financial terms, but, but you know, very enterprise specific. Um, and so we are able to extend that vocabulary and it's not something that we have to do. We provide a mechanism for our enterprises to be able to extend the vocabulary. Now, these are what we call domain specific vocabulary, but there's also very uh, customer specific vocabulary. So as an example, we use, we use an acronym called KAD, Key Account Director to describe uh, you know, uh, an account manager who is responsible for a particular customer. Now, if I wanted to ask my digital assistant, who's the cat for Walmart? Uh, we would want to know a name. Well, you ask that for uh, using Alexa or Siri, you'll probably get cat, card, or Canadian dollars, right? So, so these are sort of some of the things that makes us very unique in the way. And, and very, to be very honest, Bradley, when we started our journey, uh, we, of course, built out our conversational AI backend part of it minus voice. And we, our, our approach when Larry first asked us, what's our strategy for voice? We said, hey, why do we need to reinvent the world? You already have Alexa, you got Siri, you got all of these. So we, and we do integrate with all of that. But you know, hey, there's no need for us to own our own. But over the last couple of years, we realized the challenges with privacy, security, and also extensibility. Yeah, spot on. And, uh, you know, when w another thing we do other than, you know, vo the Voice First FM podcast network is we produce a lot of events. And so like at the Voice of Money, which we piloted last year in New York City, Alliance Bernstein spoke about why they created Abby, which is their voice assistant. So it could have that control over the data so they could have that corporate control over the data, but also the control over the vernacular, like the jargon. Um, and be able to influence that in whatever way it needed to go, exactly like what you're talking about now. We've seen the same sort of thing in healthcare, uh, seen the same sort of thing in automotive. Um, you know, there's the, the, the verticals have all had their different approaches to their own niche, and it's been interesting to see, and you're describing it uh, exactly, and obviously it's what you've seen. 
Um, it's interesting to me that, you know, on this, sh- on this show and on uh, other shows that we have this week in voice and others, you know, we talked about um, the fact that Amazon's leadership in the market was important at an important time. And, you know, Amazon being a brand associated with uh, uh, being a customer centric brand, one that uh, they'll they'll run other businesses right on out of business in order to give the customer one penny cheaper on their paper towels or to get the paper towels there two hours early or whatever. Right. And that has yielded benefits for them, uh, profound benefits in terms of getting people to buy into having this black cylinder sitting on their countertop. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, the Echo Show sitting in their kitchen or, or these little mini, you know, UFO looking Echo Dots uh, mm-hmm. around their house or whatever. And you can just imagine that if that was Facebook leading that charge, people would have said, mm, no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and with Oracle, um, I think a similar thing is pro- you're probably seeing a similar sort of return on the fact that Oracle's name is not bandied about. Uh, in conflict or controversy, um, Oracle is this rock solid. This is my perception. I'm sure I'm not alone. You know, this this pillar of of strength uh, from a corporate partnership standpoint. And I can't help but think that that serves you well when looking to partner on the conversational AI side, which is so data centric. Absolutely, and it really comes down to sort of over the last forty years, we've really helped customers. Uh, have you know secure operations right and really help the you know our, our uh, centricity is on our customers right and their experience and how we enable their business to grow and so you know and 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 I'll tell you the other thing that really is helping us have this further conversations with our customers pardon the pun there on conversational AI is truly understanding sort of you know um one of, the, one of the things that we realize with voice is that we get to we tend to get more expressive in the way we interact using voice as opposed to typing stuff, right? We we sort of tend to become very sort of um, you know formatted within a certain set of characters to ask a question, um, but but uh, but voice brings very natural conversations, um, and and, and it's one of the things that you should try uh, with, with sort of Alexa Siri, right? Which is you can say you know find coffee nearby but not Starbucks. Uh, we're not very popular where I am. I am from Seattle, and you know, but but being, but you know, and, and why? And that may not be a way you ask questions. But if I look at the enterprise term, right? So, for example, when you look at a sales app, you want to be able to say, "Hey, show me all my customers who are referenceable in the West Coast. Show me those except for Nordstrom, right? And have follow-up conversations, right? Uh, who who are the my top five customers? And and so you know, when you look at very ling- uh, heavy linguistic constructs like uh, superlatives or negation, these sort of tend to become much more powerful when you have voice as opposed to when you're typing. And, and, and sort of just bringing back to your, 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 your question about sort of why enterprises sort of trust Oracle is because we tend to sort of really truly understand their business, right? And we try to sort of um, expand or extend our, 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 our portfolio to make sure that we're able to solve these critical business problems that they have as opposed to sort of looking at it more generically and saying, what are we trying to do for the consumer world? So that's sort of what makes Oracle very unique in the enterprise. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that's excellent. Um, I guess 
we've, we've covered everything I wanted to cover. I, I guess what I'll ask you in conclusion, um, it's exciting to see what you're doing. I feel like I had to say that, you know, um, this is going to be a big year for uh, conversational AI and voice technology in the enterprise. I feel that strongly. Uh, I know you do and you're seeing it, uh, but um, you know, not everybody who watches this or, or will listen on, on uh, podcast will uh, have that line of sight because uh, some are more consumer focused, but um, you know, the timing is right. And, um, and the, the utility is there. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about um, the ability to do these robust queries and to have the, the language models and the, the NLP sort of be able to keep up uh, for what a data analyst might need or whoever. Right. Um, and uh, really, there's only one company I've seen uh, on, the, on the consumer side that can do that, and that's SoundHound. Uh, SoundHound's technology can, can do that as well. The mainstream ones have a lot of problem with that. And right. uh, they got some, some catching up to do. Uh, so you're, you're, you're in good, good shape. Let me conclude by asking you, um, you know, the other thing I think we're going to see a lot this year is a move toward regulation. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we're going to see, um, and we've already seen it overseas. Uh, yeah. They're out in front of us uh, on that uh, in, in, in a couple of different markets. Um, what is it? that, uh, well, I'll preface this a little bit more by saying it's remarkable how, if you really think about it, these voice assistants, I'm talking on the mainstream consumer side, mm. they are delivery mechanisms for content. That's how mm. a lot of people use them. Yeah. And unlike every other type of content that exists, whether it's movies, whether it's music, uh, whether it's books, a lot of times, uh, or magazines, you really have no idea what type of content is about to spew forth from your smart speaker or voice assistant other than whatever assumptions you make from the brand association of the experience. So if I say Alexa, play Disney, you know, whatever, um, you will make assumptions on what content's about to come forth and you'll be very unpleasantly surprised if (laughs) there's curse words or something like that. Right. Uh, other ones where you don't have much sense of the brand, you don't really know what to expect. And I think that's one area we'll see regulated is some content guidance. Curation. Yeah, exactly. Share with me in the audience, your thoughts on from your position with what Oracle's doing, um, corp from a corporate standpoint, what are you hoping to see and what are you hoping to not see from, from regulatory efforts? I think from our perspective, the regulatory efforts are more to do with data privacy um, and also sort of data governance as opposed to the sort of the, I would say the quality of content, right? Because we're not sort of streaming, you know, generic content. Our content is very sort of specific to the use case like ERP or, you know, and, and so that data is going to be pretty clean, right? Um, our, our challenges typically are with, you know, data governance or data residency issues, right? Hey, you know, um, and also actually another one is data, data collection, right? So, for example, you know, even if, for instance, you know, I was uh, mentioning about being able to extend your vocabulary, right? So extending vocabulary also relates to how do I capture the data? How do I record the data so I can train my models, right? Um, and it's very fascinating that, Let's say that even if I ask my own employees for sample data, 
I need to make sure that I actually have a disclosure with them saying that, hey, whatever data you, even for business purposes, for your own day-to-day purpose, is something that we have your permission to use and train. Right. So, so we we run into more in terms of you know, do I have permission to, um, to uh, from from the user to use their data? Um, do I where is the data being stored? Uh, can I basically go back and clear the things like GDPR or PII? I can delete data. And the most important thing in many countries is, can I make sure the data is governed and stays in that in the data center? So what we've done is sort of for that, obviously, we've, we've uh, opened up data centers in every region where we want to be focused on. Um, number two is we do not touch the customer's data at all. Um, and unless we have their explicit permission to use that for our training, we are spending a lot of money ourselves capturing data and, and, and having our own data set. As I said, data is a new oil, right? So we're, we're actually doing that. Um, and, and, for, and we also have, a, as I said, a very unique way that we enable customers to capture data. And there we started put providing those disclaimers up front saying, hey, you know, click on this button to make sure that we are getting permission from the user to collect that data, even if it's for their own internal purposes. So, so we, we are not sort of, um, you know, uh, I, I think there needs to be a lot of regulation, especially as you think about, you know, who's, what kind of content is being spewed and the languages that are being spewed out there, uh, especially when I have my kids around, I don't want them to listen to anything that's going on. Um, but from an enterprise perspective, it's not something that uh, is impacting quite yet because the data is very curated and, and, and in our systems. And so we know what kind of data. Now, one thing that we are doing is, uh, obviously we can't control what the end user says, right? They could be swearing. Uh, and so we have uh, controls in place where we can understand emotion so when people swear, they're either typically angry or something. So we, we figure out ways where we can handle, but of course we're not you know, uh, swearing back at them and making sure that we are putting those controls in place. Um, so, so that's sort of what, what I would say about what, what, where, where this is going for us from an enterprise perspective. Excellent. I've been speaking to Suhas Uliar, Vice President, Digital Assistant, AI and Integration at Oracle. Suhas, thank you for the time. Thank you for taking the time to share your experience and your expertise with not just me, but the audience as well. It's greatly appreciated. Bradley, thank you so much for having me. Enjoy the conversations. For the Voice First Roundtable, Season 2, Episode 3. Thank you for listening, watching if you're watching on YouTube. Until next time.